Welcome everyone to Mayday Arcade, where Maddie Parker will talk about whatever video game she's been playing. It might be a new one, it might be an old one. It'll be kind of a long-form review, but let's get to it. Hey everyone, it's Maddie. Uh, welcome to the first episode of uh, Mayday Arcade of 2022 hooray we made it um sorry this took a little bit long but if you haven't noticed it has been a bit of a year uh over the past month and a half um but i'm here and i'm excited for today's episode uh i'm just gonna kind of run down some of my favorite things from last year and hopefully i can just start the day off, start the year off on a positive note. Uh, so yeah, let's, uh, let's just get into it. It's probably not going to be a super long episode, but I wanted to get this out. Um, so, uh, let's, let's just take a look at my notes here. Uh, we'll start off with, uh, my favorite movie that didn't come out last year but i watched it for the first time last year um so some nominations that i have uh knives out which i absolutely adored absolutely love that movie uh it's such a perfect mystery and ugh, that entire cast is so good i i i think about knives out a lot uh black christmas fucking rules and everybody should watch it uh it's so good uh one that i watched over uh like around christmas was uh called the girl king which is so sick it's about uh this queen of sweden that was a actual uh she was like raised as a boy, quote-unquote, like, not necessarily gendered as a boy, but, uh, at that point in time, pretty much everybody was, uh, raised, uh, to be, at least in this royal line, uh, you know, fighters and really intelligent with politics and everything like that, but because she was their daughter, they just raised her the exact same way, and she ended up uh, being their queen, and it's about her, uh, falling in love with, uh, one of her handmaidens, and ugh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, just watch it. Uh, and then Happy Death Day. Uh, Happy Death Day is fucking brilliant. Uh, I can't believe that movie even exists, really. Uh, it's so smart and so fun. Uh, really need to see happy death day to you uh but i haven't gotten to it yet uh but the winner of this is gold diggers the secret of bear mountain uh which <laughs> most people haven't even heard of i hadn't even heard of it and it's crazy because it's a christina ricci movie from the 90s how did i not how did i not hear about this movie what are you talking about and it's got Anna Chalumsky in it? Oh my god. And so I 
I think I talked about this on an older episode of the Shipping Manifest, but uh, in case you didn't, don't know, gold diggers, the best way that I can describe it is uh, what if Goonies was about two gay girls? That's that's pretty much it. It is the lesbian coming of age story that I desperately, desperately wanted as a kid and didn't even know it. Uh, and so when my roommate introduced it to me, I, I was just immediately obsessed with it. Uh, I, I bought it as soon as I possibly could. Uh, hey, Disney Plus, get that movie on there. Everybody needs to see this. It rules. It's so fucking good. Um, so yeah, Gold Diggers, uh, The Secret of Bear Mountain. Check it out. Check a look. Um, my favorite movie that did come out last year. Uh, some nominations. Uh, I loved Black Widow. I, uh, if, you, if you've listened to The Shipping Manifest, you might have heard me talk about how comics Natasha Romanoff is one of my favorite characters. And I love and adore her and how frustrating the MCU has been for me uh because I felt like they just did not give me actual Natasha from the comics they they just kind of she she just ended up being Scarlett Johansson in a cat suit uh in in a lot of those movies um but Black Widow it was the first time that I actually saw Natasha Romanoff on screen, and it rules. It's so fucking cool, uh, and I'm really upset that it, it, it took until getting the last movie after, quote-unquote, she's dead, uh, to finally get real Black Widow. Um, but I'm really hoping that my theory about the introduction of Lake Bell as Black Widow in What If comes to fruition where she becomes the new uh, Black Widow in live action uh, because I think she can absolutely do it. She's a beautiful woman and a great actress. So like, let's just, let's just do that. Why not? Let's have some fun. Uh, next one is Shang-Chi. I've, Shang-Chi is amazing. Uh, I went into that movie not knowing anything about that character, uh, and I came out of it uh, being a big, big fan, and I'm so excited to see uh, what happens with him next. I, um, I'm just so excited. Uh, that movie was just a martial arts movie top to bottom, and it's it slaps. Uh, Matrix Res Resurrections, uh, which is fantastic, but I'm not going to talk about because talking about it at all would be considered, you know, spoilers, uh, because it, it, everything is a secret. And I don't, I, I only watched the very first trailer, so I don't really know how much they give away in like the, the following trailers 
but I, I would never want to ruin that surprise for everybody. Uh, and then Gunpowder Milkshake. Uh, if you listen to the episode where Kelsey and I talked about Gunpowder Milkshake, you know. I am just really excited for uh, predominantly female action movies. Uh, and I want more of them. Uh, but the winner is Candyman. Candyman is my favorite movie from 2021. And it's such a fascinating movie because I had always grown up really scared of watching the Candyman movies uh, because the poster with Tony Todd uh, with the bees coming out of his mouth, it freaked me the fuck out. Uh, so I couldn't possibly uh, watch that. Um, but then when the new one came out, I was like, okay, I'm a grown-up now. I'm not scared of bees anymore, so that's that's not a hurdle I have to overcome. Uh, I really want to see this new one because it looks amazing. Uh, so I sat down and I watched the original Candyman, and then right afterwards I watched the new one. And it was such an incredible experience because I wasn't going into this expecting the new one to connect to the first one as much as it does, but it really, really does. Uh, it's, it's fascinating the way that they were able to bring things back and connect it, uh, you know, 30 years later. And they did it in such a fantastic way where they maintained the horror elements but then they also kind of twisted it to make Candyman into potentially more of an anti-hero which is a really interesting read and not something I was ever expecting. Uh, I really hope they do a follow-up because where they leave that movie is so fascinating. It's such a ballsy move to end the movie where they did um and Candyman rules just just watch it um here is a shorter category about movies that i watched last year uh this is the movie i wish i didn't pay to see in a theater uh one nomination eternals um i didn't like eternals uh <laughs> That's, that's kind of the long and short of it. Uh, I was not that into it. And now that it's on, that it's on Disney+, Plus, uh, a lot of people are watching it uh, for the first time. And I see a lot of people who love it. And hats off to you. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that you are enjoying that movie. Um... I think my biggest problem with it was the uh, the problem that they were facing in that movie was so big that it actually took me out of it um, because as soon as they introduce it and I don't really know how big of a spoiler it is to just say like if they don't 
do what they need to do, uh, the world is going to explode. And I don't mean any world. I mean Earth. And that is the Earth that, like, Spider-Man lives on. And, like, all of the Avengers and, and, and everybody like that, that Earth. If the Eternals, who you've never heard of before uh, in the MCU, if they don't do what they need to do, Earth is going to explode. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen, obviously. Uh, which, like, yeah, yeah, it's a superhero movie. The bad guys are never going to win, blah, 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 blah. Sure, but a part of, like, taking people on a ride and, like, telling a story is you have to make your, like, inciting incident, you have to make the danger actually dangerous and get people to lower their guard enough to be like, yes, I know I'm watching a superhero movie and superheroes 99% of the time win. But it was so big that I was just like, well, okay, I can't even drop the pretense of them potentially losing. Uh, and it just completely uh, took me out of it. Uh, I love the cast. The cast is really great in that movie. I just wish they had uh, something a little more interesting to do. And I think if they had just changed it to be on a different planet, uh, and it's a different planet that might explode, maybe I would have uh, been more into it. But I think part of the issue with that is so much of the movie is about the Eternals showing up at various points during human existence. And you can't do that if you're not on Earth. So... I get that. I just didn't like it. Um, but that's not the winner. That's not the winner of the of the movie I wish I hadn't paid to see in a theater. Uh, the winner of that is Free Guy. Free Guy is... God, it's, it's just... Vanilla Pudding the movie. It is, like, it is just so devoid of anything to latch on to and really get behind. Uh, which sucks because the three main characters, uh, you know, played by Ryan Reynolds, Jodie Comer, and Joe Keery, I love all three of them. I love all three of those actors immensely. And they just didn't have anything that great to do. Ryan Reynolds was kind of going back to the well of, you know, taking a drink of coffee and being like, wow, it's like there's a party in my mouth and, you know, that sort of joke. And it was just that joke all over the whole movie. But the most egregious part of that movie is the fact that it is just the Lego movie. It's just the Lego movie. If you watch the Lego movie, you know, the, the Lego movie that came out like five, six years ago. Yeah, you already saw this movie. Uh, and you saw the better version of it. Uh, so that's pretty frustrating. Uh, the worst part of Free Guy, however, 
is Taika Waititi. And I don't say that with any joy. I, I'm not happy to say that because I love Taika Waititi. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People is one of my favorite comedies that's come out in decades. Uh, I adore that movie. I'm, I'm a, a massive fan of this guy. Uh, so when he ended up being one of the most annoying and unfunny characters I have ever seen in a movie, it was pretty heartbreaking. Um, so yeah, uh, didn't enjoy Free Guy. But hey, let's get into something that I did like. Uh, the favorite comic that I read last year. Uh, now, I didn't read a ton of, like, brand new comics, uh, but I was reading a lot of older stuff that I had missed. Uh, so some of the nominations are Wayne Family Adventures, uh, which is a free comic that is posted in conjunction between DC Comics and Webtoon, uh, which is like a webcomics app that you can get and you can just read a shit ton of webcomics for free uh right there including wayne family adventures which is the low-key slice of life <laughs> uh amazing bat fam comic that i have always wanted and it's all about them being a family and just like getting into hijinks together and it's beautiful. Uh, the art's incredible. The writing totally nails everybody's voice. And it's so much fun. Uh, next nomination, Darkhold Wasp. Uh, so there's this. there's been this line of Darkhold uh, one-shots that have been coming out that uh, take one character and focus it and it kind of twists everything into almost like a horror bent and uh the one that they did for wasp was sick as hell and i love it uh i don't want to spoil it but uh jan van dyne gets her heat back and i love it uh i am always here for jan van dyne so uh that book is sick um Captain America 350. Uh, <laughs> this is a singular issue from, like, I want to say 1987. Uh, that's just this massive, massive uh, book in the Captain America series that deals with Captain America fighting John Walker and, like, the fucking Red Skull comes back and, like, just everything happens in that book. In that one book, Mark Grunewald fucking kills it. Kieran Dwyer fucking kills it. Cap 350. If you want to go back and read a fucking sick old-school comic, oh, I can't, I can't recommend it enough. It, it fucking slaps. Uh, that book is so good. Uh, and then Nightwing, uh, which you've you've probably heard me and Kelsey talk about. I think it is the uh, spiritual successor to Hawkeye. 
uh, the Matt Fraction, David Aha, uh, Hawkeye, where it is the perfect confluence of really incredible writing and really incredible art that is doing some just fascinatingly inventive stuff uh, in the medium and is really pushing things forward while also getting a lot of characters back to where they need to be. Um, so that book's great. And my winner, which you might have expected uh, if you had listened to, I, I want to say, our episode a couple episodes ago of the shipping manifest um it's unstoppable wasp unstoppable wasp <laughs> was a book that i didn't know that i was going to love as much as i do um but it is the perfect combination of things that mean a lot to me so by having Nadia come from the Red Room, it ties her to my feelings about Black Widow. And having her being, you know, connected to Jan Van Dyne is also incredible. And their relationship is, uh, it's, it's such a good relationship. And it's a relationship that isn't shown nearly enough in comics, which is like this kind of surrogate mother that doesn't really want to be a mother but like cannot help but care about this girl and wants to take care of her and like make sure she's safe um and the girl just looks up to her surrogate mom and wants to make her proud and it's so heartwarming the supporting cast that is introduced in Unstoppable Wasp, every one of them is just so, so great. And they're unique. They're different from each other. They all have their own voice, their own kind of vibe. Um, and it breaks my heart that uh, I can't just walk into a comic shop right now and pick up the newest episode newest issue of unstoppable wasp uh there was only two volumes of her solo series and then she showed up in some other side series you know some team books and things like that but overall uh we don't have as much nadia van dyne as i would like um let's see uh, okay, let's go into uh, my favorite wrestling move outside of wrestling, uh, which is a very strange thing that I started to notice uh, last year, and that is just how many times a wrestling move was used in superhero media, and sometimes not even superhero media. So like uh, bugs in uh, Matrix Resurrections does a hurricane rana which is awesome uh normally i don't i only see that move coming from black widow uh so seeing that show up was pretty sick uh you got norman osborne hitting a fucking arn anderson ass spine buster which was super sick uh but my number one favorite wrestling move outside of wrestling is uh 
Peter Parker hitting a sunset sunset flip power bomb, uh, which came out of nowhere, and I was I I popped huge. Uh, I may not have liked No Way Home as much as uh, I think ninety eight percent of the population, but it had some cool moments, and that's one of them. Um. So the next two awards are very connected. Uh, I'm going to do favorite MCU thing of 2021 and character that I didn't like before, but I would die for now. So my favorite MCU thing of 2021 is specifically Hawkeye episodes four through six. And uh, the character I didn't like before that I would die for now is Yelena Belova. I don't know if you can draw the line between those two things. I don't know if they're related, but they're related. Uh, Yelena was the highlight for me of Black Widow the movie. And when that movie's post credit scene shows up and it's Yelena going after Clint Barton. I was like, oh shit, yes. Let's go send Yelena after Hawkeye. Awesome. But then <laughs> there was something that I wasn't expecting. And I don't know why I wasn't expecting it because if you know me, you, you know, typically this would be a pretty easy guess at where my mind is going. Uh, Yelena and Kate Bishop together. My God, <laughs> like my God. And like, since this is a spinoff podcast of a show that started out ranking ships, uh, and I don't think Kelsey listens to this, psst, Kate Bishop and Yelena Belova are my new number one. They just are. They just are. I love them. I love their interactions. I love their back and forth. I love how they trade off being like one of them has a ton of energy and the other one is just kind of fed up and done with everything. Uh, they didn't get a ton of time over those three episodes, but uh, I think it is pretty clear to see that like they are going to be connected from here on. Uh, their chemistry is just too good. And I love them. And how much do I love them? Well, uh, here's the thing. Over the past three weeks, I have started to write fan fiction for the first time. And it's not, it's not smut. It's not dirty. Uh, I, I wrote everything PG-13, you know, just super easy vibes. Um, anything that could actually show up in the MCU. That's kind of the way that I went with it. Um, and I just, uh, you know, I, I have written over 23,000 words about these two characters uh, being in love with each other uh, over the last three weeks. So if that doesn't give you an idea of just how much I love Kate Bishop and Yelena Belova, I, I, don't, I don't know what will. I really don't. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, got a quick couple of quick ones, and then I think we'll probably wrap it up because, 
I'm running out of breath. <laughs> I guess is the best way to say it. Um, my favorite album from last year is Valentine by Snail Mail. Um, Snail Mail is an indie artist, uh, like indie rock, and she is so amazingly good uh, and has been for a while now, which is wild because she is 22 and she released her first EP when she was 16. And her songwriting ability is so confident and so strong that seeing her progression from that EP has been fascinating. And she is honestly going to go down as one of the greats. Like, people are going to look back at Snail Mail and be like, holy shit. Like, how, how did she pull it off? Uh, so yeah, check out Valentine by Snail Mail. Um, my favorite album that and song that didn't come out last year, um, but I definitely listened to the most. Uh, the album is called What Now? The band is called Sylvan Esso, and the song is called Die Young. Uh, this song, this band, this album saved my life uh as i was going through a pretty pretty brutal breakup and they really uh helped me find my footing again and so i will always uh i will i will always thank them for that um and then next i have the dearly departed award uh, for something that was taken from us too soon last year. Um, number one, Why the Last Man? I only watched the first three episodes, but I was really, really impressed with what they were able to do in translating the comic into a TV show. I really liked some of the changes that they made to update it for uh, more modern sensibilities. There's only one problem. It is really, really, really hard to get into a show that is about a uh, virus <laughs> killing a bunch of people uh, where we are sitting in 2022 right now. Uh, so I, I just wasn't able to stick with it. Um, but I really liked it, and I hope that HBO Max picks it up because it's worth it the cast is great and uh i think they really have a good handle on it um next nomination betty white come on guys you couldn't you couldn't give her another like week and a half to get her to 100 what are you doing come on like let her let her hit that uh damn you uh but the number one and if you lost, if you listened to the last Shipping Manifest episode, we kind of left you off with uh, a tease that I was going to be doing an episode about Cowboy Bebop, uh, the Netflix Cowboy Bebop, because I really loved it. And about three days 
after we recorded that episode and released it, uh, Netflix canceled Cowboy Bebop, which was a whole three weeks after it debuted. And keep in mind, it debuted right around Thanksgiving and Christmas. So, like, yeah, maybe people are busy and haven't gotten around to it. Um, but fuck it. They, they, they canceled it, and it bums me out. Because Cowboy Bebop is a anime that I love. <laughs> like, it's it's been my favorite forever. And, like, I have a Cowboy Bebop messenger bag that would be constantly next to me or on my shoulder. I had it with me for, I think, over... I think I, I when I finally retired it, quote-unquote, just meaning that, like, I don't take it out as much, I had it for, like, 12 years. Um... I love Cowboy Bebop. So when I went into this show, I had I had high hopes, but I also had my expectations tempered where I was just like this could go really bad. This could bum me out pretty pretty bad uh depending on how it goes. And what they did was awesome. It was fantastic because what they retained from the original show and then what they introduced as new things for the Netflix version, I thought it blended so well. Uh, you, you would think that you would bump up against like a, kind of a clash of ideas, uh, but actually it, it held up really well. And one of my biggest frustrations with their reaction to Cowboy Bebop, uh, I either saw two reactions. Either it's too close to the original, so what's the point of watching it? Or it's nothing like the original, so I hate it. Uh, and unfortunately, both of those things can't be true. Uh, and what that show actually is is an interpretation and a translation of an anime into modern day live action so they did change a few things and they did update some characters and they did flesh out other characters that in the original anime i hate to say it they were barely characters vicious and julia i can't tell you anything about them in the anime uh because it's barely about them but the netflix show makes them very important characters that like you understand their motivations you understand what they're going through you understand their wants and their needs and it's it's just such a such a good good adaptation and i really loved it and I'm heartbroken because John Cho is incredible uh, as Spike. He totally pulls it off and he's so exciting and fun to watch. Um, Danielle, Daniela Pineda as Faye is the real standout. Uh, her Faye Valentine is magnetic. You can't, you can't 
take your eyes off of her anytime she's on screen. And I loved her. So this is this is this is for you, Cowboy Bebop. R.I.P. I'm gonna miss you. <laughs> I'm really gonna miss you. And I was really looking forward to what you were gonna do next. Uh, because where where that series leaves off boy it is it is a really interesting choice and it was really exciting so i'm pretty bummed out uh that we're not going to get that uh and then i think the last award that i'm going to give out is uh my favorite game from 2021 and i'm not going to get too deep into it because like i said i'm running out of breath uh Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts 2 is a follow-up to one of my favorite games uh, from high school, and it is a game that I never thought would happen. I really, really never thought would happen, because the original went through such a weird road to get published in the first place, and then the way that it was published and marketed was a disaster. Uh, if you would like to know more about that, just look up the company Majesco, uh, and you'll learn an awful lot about uh, the last days of Majesco. Um, but Psychonauts 2 is amazing. Uh, they totally nail the original sense of humor, but they also update it a little bit so it isn't why it is annoying because the original one did come out you know in the early 2000s so annoying humor was definitely on the menu uh but it is such a fun game so visually inventive and gorgeous and i just loved exploring psychonauts too i loved being in that world i loved going through each of the different levels and finding all the secrets and it was so much fun and i actually got the platinum trophy for completing it a hundred percent like that's how much i loved this game absolutely loved it uh it is so much fun uh the only word of caution that i will put out there about Psychonauts 2 is if you are playing it on uh like a PS4 I'm not sure how it holds up on Xbox One but at least on P PS4 uh the load times are pretty rough they are pretty long <laughs> and I get that I get that you know you have that kind of issue when you're dealing with games that are in between console generations and I've seen it run on new consoles. I watched a stream of it on PS5, and it is uh, super fast and just looks incredible. Um, but if you are going to be playing it on uh, PS4, just be aware of that. Uh, it is going to take a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, I think it is a pretty good episode. I think I think I nailed it uh go me hey wow uh finally getting an episode out in 2022 um yeah so i'm just gonna sign off now and i hope that you have a great day thank you <laughs>